What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Nosebleeds podcast. I am Danny Scott, joined by Brian Rabax and Ari Malik making his podcasting debut. Boys, how are we doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? It is good here. You know, Saturday afternoon, the week's done, kind of relaxing. And first of all, in baseball right now, it's kind of like the best time to hop on a podcast. I always love the trade deadline every year. I'm always all about it. Everything gets shaked up. You're trying to trying to kind of try to figure out who's the contenders after and who's making the big move. There's a lot of pieces that could be dealt, some that have already been dealt. So I'm really looking forward to get into it. But obviously, I'm very happy to be with you guys here today. Yes, sir. I'm I'm super excited too. Just like Brian said, I'm huge about the trade deadline. Uh, I'm working a bunch this summer, so I work at a sports company. So we pretty much just watch the TV, watch every Yankee game as best as we can. So it's been super into it, like usual. And what a yeah. time to make the debut! Ah, this is this is a pretty sure. pretty darn good time. Trade deadline coming up, a lot of talk. The second half is in full swing, but let's hop right into some trade deadline discussion. We've already seen two trades go down. And we're recording this a little later in the week than we're used to, but uh, Andrew Benatendi to the Yankees and Luis Castillo to the Reds. Brian, I'll start with you. Let's just talk some Benatendi. What does this move mean for the Yankees, especially with Joey Gallo being as terrible as he is this year? Uh, how, how big of a move is this in your eyes? Kind of our uh, resident Yankee beat reporter on this podcast. Oh, it, it's a big move. You know, it, it came at a good time, too, because the Yankees kind of, we'll get into it later, kind of took one on the, on the chin in that Subway series. And then right after the game, you get the Andrew Benintendi notification. And Benintendi's a guy that they were looking at for, you heard his name in trade talks with the Yankees for pretty much since May. Ever since it became clear, okay, Joey Gallo's not turning this thing around. He's been the guy that people have looked at. And for good reason, too. He's been one of, probably the best hitter on the Kansas City Royals with a team that doesn't have that many good bats, but he's been having a really good year and just a really good contact bat. I don't know. He must've done something in the off season to like focus on like contact, put in for contact more because he's hitting 320 and he only has three homers, but I, I don't really care about the lack of home runs. I mean, the dude's hitting 320 and he's getting on base at a ridiculous clip. I think he's up in like the three eighties. So like right where DJ is, which is where you'd like it to be. And overall they didn't, give up anybody significant to get Benintendi. So really, I think this is a, a home run of an acquisition and it really kind of solidifies that lineup a little bit. Now you don't really have a hole in there anymore. And I think it's a great move the Yankees had to do. And I don't think they're done yet. So there's more to come, but I'm very happy with what they've done so far. Are right, anything to add to that? Or what are, what are we thinking here? I know you're yeah. a Yankees fan as well. Yeah. So. I agree. I think, you know, like Brian said, he's, he's, he's a contact guy this year, you know, we must've done something in the off season, um, but we already have power hitters, you know? So I think adding an extra contact guy, you know, also someone in the outfield to help out judge and Stanton, you know, Gallo super inconsistent out there. It's been rough for him, but uh, I think Ben Intendi, especially with the contact hitting, I think we have the power guys. And I think, him getting on base is all we need. We need base runners and we, we have the power. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll add on to that as well. I mean, I saw a uh, article talking about Ben attendee and he did change up his swing in the off season. He, he transitioned from more of the, 
the stereotypical baseball player right now that's just trying to get the ball in the air and let good things happen once you get in the air. He's he switched to a focus on contact, and that really boosted his stock and boosted his trade potential. And you know, it comes to a good time. It comes for a good time on the Yankees, where you know Joey Gallo has honestly been terrible this year. He's batting what 140 something in that range. It's, it's, well, I think 159 something like that. I, yeah. I mean, that is just not what you want to see. Uh, uh, even out of a three true outcome guy, he's not getting the home runs. It, it's pretty he's, much he's a, never been this bad. He's never yeah, been this. Bad. It, it's been it's been rough to watch. Uh, so getting a guy like Ben Attendee, a guy that can just get on base, and then you let Aaron Judge, who we'll have a good conversation about later, because he is the MVP of this season, if you ask me. Uh, get him on base. Let Aaron Judge hit a home run, and there's two runs for you. So I think this is a big move for the Yankees. He helps defensively too. Joey Gallo, the thing I will give him credit for is he's a great defender, but Ben Attendee's a little bit faster than Gallo. You stick him out in center field, and that pretty much shores up that outfield uh, combined with Hicks and Judge or Stanton if he's not DHing. Uh, but I think this is a really good move for the Yankees and a move that may pay dividends when you start to get into that October baseball talk. But another think- guy, another guy that just got moved uh, to a team that has some playoff hopes uh, is Luis Castillo getting traded to the Mariners. Ari, I'll start with you on this one. You know, Luis Castillo having a bit of a better season this year from where he was last year, making an all-star game. Uh, What does this move mean to the Mariners, uh, especially when you start to get later in the season? I think it's huge for them. um, And I think it's also huge um, for Montas too, uh, because I think the Yankees now are the top go to getting them because I know they were, you know, huge into getting Castillo, but, you know, I've been saying, it. you know, a bunch of my friends, I think, I think Montes is a, is a better guy for us. Um, I think this just creates like a way bigger push for us to actually add him to our rotation as well, uh, which will definitely help us push, you know, the October baseball talk you're talking about. Um, I think it, it would be great for us, but I think it's, it's fantastic for the Mariners because they needed some help for sure. Some strength. I think this is a home run of a trade for the Mariners. I was very, as a Yankees guy, very disappointed when I saw Castillo got dealt to the Mariners because the Yankees were in on him and they could just solidify that guy. That was the pitcher that I felt they had to have. But you know what? The Mariners kind of blew the Reds away with an offer, trading three of their top five prospects for him. So you know what? Hats off to Seattle for getting the deal done. And you look at that rotation now. For the Mariners, if they can get into the postseason, their top three guys, Robbie, excuse me, now Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, and Gilbert, I mean, that's a nice little top three right there. So they've got the rotation to really kind of have some success in October. And Castillo, yeah, he solidifies that rotation. And now that's a good team. That team's been hot recently. And now they've improved. So the Mariners, I think, this kind of solidifies them. I think they're going to be a wild card team now. I think they're definitely going to be on that trajectory with their great pitching, and they got good hitters in that lineup too. So I think this was a great move for them to make, and now they're about as likely to get to the postseason as ever. They haven't been there in over 20 years, so I think this is going to be the year for them, and that all kind of falls under the guise of getting Castillo. So Mariners, huge winners. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Luis Castillo, you know, he only has a four and four record, but he's been playing on the Cincinnati Reds. Wins so and losses don't matter. If you're they pitching 500 for the Reds, you're doing something right. He's got a sub three ERA. 
I think this just shores up that rotation, like you said, Brian, for the Mariners. I think that's a big move. But Ari brought up Frankie Montas. Let's talk about Frankie Montas for a second. A's pitcher, you know, he's been good this year. He has a 3.18 ERA, 109 strikeouts, a 1.13 whip. Uh, the win-loss record isn't where you want to see it, but he's playing for the A's, like I said. Uh, same thing with Castillo. He's 4-9. and nine. But I like the move to New York. The other team that potentially I've seen kind of swirls about uh, is my team, the San Francisco Giants. I've heard about them potentially pursuing Montas, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on where you would like to see him go and what you think the best outcome for not only him, but the team that gets him is. I think, you know, I think the Yankees, they're obviously involved. And I think, yeah, getting now Montas is the next best guy available with Castillo gone. So I think the Yankees should go after him. I think there's a little concern with getting an Oakland guy to come to New York. It's the last time they did that. It was Sonny Gray and that didn't really work out. So it's all about, can this guy pitch in a big situation? Because he hasn't played in Oakland. You're not pitching a lot of big games. So that's the thing you have to focus on. As for the Giants, I'm surprised that you said they're in on Montes because I've kind of been hearing the opposite. Aren't they like trying to sell? The no, the, there was a report that says other teams think they're going to sell, but uh, they've come out and said, we still think we can make the playoffs. So we will see. Cool. Who knows? But yeah, I think Montes going to the Yankees. I think that's the move the Yankees have to be focused on unless there's another option out there that they're more keen on. Like Rodon kept coming up in some rumors. Again, now that I'm here with you, I don't know how much truth there is to that. But Montes kind of seems the most like the most likely guy to get there. And I think the Yankees are a perfect destination. So I think that's what's how it's going to unfold before Tuesday. I think he's got to get traded somewhere. So why not the Yankees, right? Yeah, I'll I'll make you a deal. Volpe for uh for Rodon, straight up. We'll take that. Volpe for I, I would do that, honestly. Give us I a shortstop of the future. Yeah, and, and the Yankees, they have another shortstop in their system. So yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. They gotta stop holding on to these prospects, Scott, man. They gotta just unload unload and make something happen. They've been holding yeah. on to these prospects, these maybes for too long. They gotta you sound make- like you sound like Steinbrenner now. <laughs> you got to have the mentality, dude. They're they're right there. They have the shots winning now. Why not go for it? Fair enough. Ari, your thoughts on Montas? I know you said Yankees already. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I did hear about the Giants too, which should be hype for you. I was unaware that you were a Giants guy yourself. Um, yes, sir. Um, but yeah, just like you, you know, we got three, four, five guys right now in our in our Yankees rotation that I think are been pretty solid um adding another one couldn't hurt Montes. His background has been amazing he's had a good season um i think it would be a great addition to our team as well and with the rotation with the yankees the reason why i want them to get another arm is because you look at that rotation uh and you look at you know cole nestor sevy whoever how many of those guys do you really trust to get to start a playoff game well and if you I would... if, if you watched last season you don't trust garrett cole that's that's first and foremost well Nestor not, has been has been good this year but this is kind of the first breakout year of Nestor's right. career that's what I'm uh, saying. so I think Montas is a good add but however you already talked about it the Oakland pitcher when was the last time the A's made the playoffs 26 29 20 uh, 2020 but before that it was it was 2019 so and they lost in the wild card game so so realistically 
I mean, it's a good ad, and this team is good enough where they're not going to be a wild card team. They're going to go straight into a series. But how much do you trust that that rotation? I completely agree with you. Yeah, exactly. You have guys that have had struggled in the playoffs in the past. Severino's been kind of up and down, and he's coming off an injury. Nestor's never done it before. Jamison Tyone's never done it before. So, yeah, you kind of have a lot of question marks. So adding another arm, it's it's a no-brainer for the Yankees. Adding another arm that can kind of make you relax a little bit and ease those concerns. That's, my, what that, that's, where, uh, that's where I'm at right now. So here's another guy that uh, it, it's kind of sprung up in the last week that I've been seeing this guy's name come up, and that is uh, probably the most electric player in baseball in Shohei Otani. His name has been kind of swirling around, and I have no idea who has the pieces to trade for him. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts. Whoever wants to jump in first, go for it. But he's another name that I've heard jumping up kind of a lot in the last week. Yeah, he's, he's not getting traded. There's no way. There's no way a team could meet those demands. The, the, price, the price is too high. And the Angels, they would really have to be blown away by an offer to even, like, say yes. So I think he, he's not going anywhere, which is unfortunate because – I just hate seeing his talent just be wasted on that awful Angels team. It's terrible, but the li- the likelihood of him getting traded before Tuesday are slim to none in my eyes. I agree. I, I did see something too. I think he wants to stay in LA, um, but you know, any team trying to pursue him, it's a huge ask, huge asking price. And um, you know, you're, you're essentially getting a top three starter and you're also getting a two hitter, you know, automatically in your lineup. So it would be a great addition, but it's super tough. You know, the Angels are, I think, pretty locked in on him. So, again, you know, seeing him getting traded is probably very low. So, I'm kind of surprised by both of you because I've, I'm, if I'm correct, he's under contract through 2023 or 2024? 2023. He's a free agent at the end of next year. So, you know, maybe he doesn't get traded this trade deadline, but could we see a move for him potentially in the offseason where the Angels are going – you know, I don't think we're going to be able to re-sign them unless we start building pieces. And they already got two other huge contracts and Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout, you don't care about that one because he's the best player of our generation. But Anthony Rodon has been terrible, honestly, since he's joined the Angels. That team really needs to get some pieces if they want any chance of getting Otani. Uh, but so do you guys potentially see an off-season trade for him? Or do you think the Angels just take that first-round pick that they're going to get once he signs somewhere else? I think an off-season trade is more likely. I mean, I don't see any possibility of him getting traded in the next couple of days. But I, I just don't think it's really going to happen because the Angels, they just don't want to rebuild. They never, They just are anti-starting over and – you know, trying to get the pieces they need. They always sign guys to big contracts and they always sign the wrong guys to the big contracts. He had Pujols before, Josh Hamilton, all these guys. And now Rendon's looking like one of the worst contracts in the league. So yeah, they always just find a way to kind of screw this thing up. And Otani, they signed, Otani was the good, uh, one of the good signings, but the issue is you haven't put pieces around him to succeed. So I think he, sh- I think he should get traded. Whether it's going to happen, that's a different story because I want to see him go to a contender. Could you imagine a playoff team having – it's it's the most valuable asset you could have. You have an elite hitter and an ace. 
in one player. That would be awesome. And I would love to see him on the big stage, but with the angels, that's not going to happen. And I think that's where he's going to stay. So as much as I'd like to see an offseason trade or a trade at the deadline happen, I don't think it's in the cards. All right. Anything else? No, nah, yeah. Brian, Brian kind of nailed that one. Nailed it. He nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's talk about one that I do think is going to happen. I think this is going to happen before Tuesday's trade deadline. And that's maybe an even better player than Shohei Otani and, and Juan Soto. Um, you know, there's a, roughly seven or eight teams that have been in discussions. It's kind of dwindled down now a little bit. I would assume the Yankees are kind of out of that discussion since they traded for Ben Attendee, Ben excuse me. And I would assume the Mets are out of that discussion considering they're in the same division. Um, so really you're kind of looking at three teams in the NL West uh, being the Padres Dodgers. And then there's some talks about the giants right now. Not sure if that's going to happen. Um, and then I've heard the Mariners are interested. I've heard the white Sox are interested. I've heard the Cubs are interested and those are kind of the teams that I have heard. Uh, maybe No, excuse me, the Braves, not the Cubs, okay. the Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking other, other thoughts for, for later. I got you, yeah. Um, but those are kind of the six teams that I have heard uh, that would potentially make an offer, and the Cardinals as well. Um, they've been a big one in that. But Ari, I'll start with you. You think he gets dealt? You think he sticks around? Um, and if he gets dealt, where is he going? Uh, it's tough. You know, I, I saw, you know, Dodgers and Padres were, were up there. I had the Mar- Mariners in there as well as my third, um, you know, but they, they gave away uh, Marte, their top prospect. So I don't know if, you know, the Nationals are going to be, you know, a guy they want. I'm, I'm just not sure right now. Um, I believe like a dream of Soto and Julio Rodriguez in the, in the same outfield just won't become a reality. Um, so I don't know. I feel like he, he could be dealt, um, but there's just not, you know, I haven't seen like a huge asking price yet, uh, for him that is making me confident about that. So I'm kind of in a similar boat. I'm kind of leaning towards him not getting dealt simply because the asking price is too high. And realistically, like, why do the nationals have to trade him? This is kind of the most confusing thing about it for me, like the nationals, you have, you have control of him for two more years and you definitely have the money to pay him. So why you're trading a generational talent makes no sense whatsoever, especially when he's 23 years old. Now, if he's going to go somewhere, I think the list is kind of dwindled down. I kind of, the most likely teams, I would say the St. Louis Cardinals have been consistently in this conversation they have the pieces to do it the padres have been there they're a top top target and i mean the the dodgers are always in that conversation this you, you always fear about the dodgers you know just when you think they're kind of operating with nothing they'll come here and say oh we're getting juan soto we're adding to it so you, you never know but i'm leaning toward i'm not getting dealt i mean i think the mariners are out of it now now that they dealt all their pieces the yankees just got benintendi so they're not going to be in it, and w- whether you mention the Braves or the Mets or the Phillies, none of those teams are getting him because the Nationals can't trade him within the division. So I think as much talks that have been, that have been surrounding Soto, I think he's going to stay put. As much as people want to see him go somewhere else, I think he's staying in D.C. for the time being. 
So the the thing, the reason why I think it's going to go through is because he doesn't want to be in DC. Um, he doesn't as, want to, but like as as much really as ball. it's not. But however, the game and all of professional sports has switched more so to power to the players, mm-hmm. and I think he has the the say in DC right now where he's going. I don't want to be here. This team sucks. Uh, get me for pieces now before I start to suck potentially. And um, he can go to one of these contenders that have the pieces to trade for him. I've seen talks from the Padres about getting Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams, who are both potentially or already in the majors and both looking like they're going to be good players. If he goes to the Padres, that's a good haul. The Dodgers, I pray to God that they don't get him. Uh, I, I hope that the Giants get them just so that the Dodgers and the Padres don't. That's, that's, my, that's my hope. Uh, but I don't realistically see the Giants being in contention anymore. Uh, right now they've said that there's like a sub-5% chance that they would get them. Um, but, you know, I, I think he gets dealt. I think that a team is going to go, you know what, we're in contention right now. Let's get a guy that's going to push us over the edge. And I think he's worth it for whatever the asking price is a 23 year old superstar. That's already won a world series. He knows what it's like to play in October. He knows, or he, he will know within the next few years, what it's like to win an MVP. I I'm calling my shot on that. I think he's a hot he's worth, take right there. Yeah. <laughs> he's worth, he's worth whatever the, the nationals want for him because he's going to be around for another 15 years. So whatever you got to do to get them, get them. As long as you're not the Dodgers or the Padres. And the that's thing, all I ask. the thing with Soto is with the prospects and everything. Yeah, they're asking for a lot of top tier prospects and a lot of good talent. But the thing is with prospects, you're hoping that maybe one of those prospects can even come close to having the career that Juan Soto is having. So the whole hanging on to your prospect, like oh no, the asking price is too high. It's ridiculous. I think. Now, and they're asking for a lot, but as you said, he is worth it. He is that good, and he's going to continue to be that good. So I think he should get dealt, but I think a lot of teams are going to be scared off from the asking price, and I think he's ultimately going to stay in D.C. But I'd like, I'd like to see him get traded, and if he goes to a contender, that team's just going to be a force in October. Yeah, well, let's open it up a little bit. Are there any other players that you guys have seen? Here's the Cubs coming back. I've seen Ian Happ being talked about. Um, any other guys that you have heard or seen that potentially could get moved before Tuesday? Well, the most interesting name that I saw was Rodon. And if the Giants really say, all right, we can't get back into this race this month of July, like we just dug ourselves too big of a hole, let's – get rid of Rodon, then I think that would be any, any team would love to have Carlos Rodon. Are you kidding me? If the Yankees could pull off a Carlos Rodon trade, that would be huge. And then other teams as well, um, like the Atlanta Braves at the Atlanta Braves, they always load up on pitching and they can make something happen. The Mets add another starter, just teams along those lines, you know, just keep getting an embarrassment of riches. That's what you need. So Rodon was a very interesting name, and there's a, been, there's a lot more, but he was the most interesting piece. But whether he gets dealt or not, it's kind of up in the air, but that was definitely the one that caught my eye. Yeah, and uh, 
for me, I agree. Um, like Danny said, Ian Happ, um, you know, I, I heard the Braves were, were thinking about him. They're a little more interested now than they initially were, um, you know, but I saw the Yankees too could be interested. I think that's kind of out of the question now. Um, you know, I think, I think him hitting, you know, what, 282, maybe 283 this year. He's having um, a good year. Great year. So he could be, you know, a great asset. I haven't heard like any like serious, you know, serious trade discussions about him, but I know that he's a guy that, you know, could, you know, add a lot of talent to any team, you know? So. Yeah. I, I would be interested as, as a Giants fan to see what the return would look like for Rodon. Um, I've heard other teams are interested in Jock Peterson. Um, I don't think Jock's going anywhere. Um, I think he's going to finish his career in San Francisco. He grew up in the Bay area, grew up a Giants fan. He loves playing there. The fans love him. Even though he was a Dodger for so many years, he is a San Francisco giant. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, Rodon, I would be interested to see what the return that we could get for him is. Although I don't think the Giants are going to be sellers and I could even see them potentially being buyers uh, for the right player. Uh, if they think it's a team that's going to help them sneak into a wild card spot. But uh, that is that is interesting that you bring up Rodon because I've heard the complete opposite as a Giants fan that we're not we're not dealing anyone. We're yeah, I, I guess our media outlets are saying very different things. Our sources. Yeah. Let me, let me, Danny, let me ask you, though, if they're going to be buyers, who, who are you looking for? To kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Oh boy, um, a catcher, <laughs> a catcher would be nice. Um, Contreras. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, there's another name that we forgot to bring up, Wilson Contreras. Um, I've heard of him to the Astros, and I've seen a couple things about him being linked to the Giants. Um, actually, uh, Joey Bart's been terrible. Kirk Casale's hurt. Um, Austin wins is okay. Um, a catcher would be really. You know what? I will take just about any position. We kind of need <laughs> upgrades everywhere our defense is terrible you can never have too much pitching um so honestly if they're going after anything in particular i would say we need an upgrade at catcher and and maybe another uh arm in the rotation maybe another bullpen arm um you know a a good team for the giants would be potentially you know swiping up ian hap wilson Contreras, and david robertson all at once from the Cubs. You have to give up a lot to get those three guys, but that would be a big move. And that would sure up a lot of stuff for the giants. Absolutely. But uh, let's enough giants talk. Everyone here that listens to this podcast likes the Yankees and the Mets. So let's talk about the recent series they just played. And I know this is uh, kind of heartbreaking for both of you, considering you're both Yankees fans, but the Yankees and Mets just played a two game series. Uh, Mets win the first one, six to three. Then Mets win the second one, three to two off a heartbreaking walk-off. Um, how, first of all, how much did this thing for you guys? And um, what are we thinking is the future for the Yankees and the Mets going forward? I definitely think that, you know, the Mets, they're among the best competition the Yankees have faced this year. So they were always going to be a tough bet. And I know that, the Mets are get the little brother treatment and oh, they're the Mets, whatever. No, they're good. They got Max Scherzer carved them up. So got to make something happen. And now DeGrom's coming back next week. So the Mets are really just kind of, they're really kind of coming on the rise. Like they haven't even hit their stride yet. So 
I think the Mets, the sky's the limit for them as well as the Yankees. It's kind of a tough, tough pill to swallow, but you know what? I'm, I'm not going to panic. It's two games. They're going to play each other again in less than a month and could even play each other down the road. And that's what will really matter. So I think it was a tough pill to swallow, but there's, there's no panic on my end by any means, not after this series. I agree. I'm not panicking at all. I think, I think it honestly just creates so much more buzz and so much more hype, you know, for potentially playing each other in October. Um, especially for the, the home series, uh, which is I think August 22nd, August 23rd, whenever yeah. that is. I think that's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I think that's where, you know, you really see, I think the Yankee fans that take over the Mets fans in New York, and it's going to be, you know, that's going to be, I think, the momentum shift for us and everyone, you know, to build that true hype for the postseason because it's the most anticipated matchup in baseball. So, Yeah, and honestly, that second game, it could have gone either way. You guys lost off a walk-off. Um, that was tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. I, I've seen it happen many times in my life. Um, however, you know, I, I would tend to agree with you guys. I think, Ari, I think you said it best. I think it just creates more hype for the next time. And, you know, if we get a Subway Series, World Series, let's say the Yankees sweep the next one, and we're going into this tide in, in the World Series, I, that would just be the most insane thing ever. Um, if I was a Yankees fan, I wouldn't be that concerned. Because uh, you guys have the best offense in baseball right now. Pitching can be a little suspect at times, but if you're a Mets fan, you got to be pretty stoked about this, especially knowing you're getting Jacob DeGrom back on Tuesday to already go with Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett. That is a three headed monster heading yeah. into the playoffs. That yeah, is dreamed of. Yeah. But so, um, anything else you guys really want to add to this? Uh, talking about. Subway series, anything else, Yankees, Mets. I'll just say the, you know, the two, the two games were against the Yankees were throwing Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Herman, who both are not going to be big pieces in the rotation come October, at least not in my opinion. So again, the Mets fans can have their two games all they want, but you know what? There, there's a lot more baseball to be played. So pump the brakes on the whole celebration or whatever enjoy it now but the yankees will be back that's a guarantee and just to add to that the the mets true scherzer and tywin walker who aren't slouches not at all scherzer's definitely not absolutely not and DeGrom, uh, that that rotation is gonna be so scary degrom scherzer bassett tyron walker it's unbelievable like this team could be as good as any Come October, I don't care what they've done in the past. They're they're legit. The, you know, one of the like, things that that I have really noticed is pitching wins World Series. If you got the pitching, you can get to the World Series. I saw my San Francisco Giants do it three times. They didn't really have the offense that was there, but you get into the postseason and you got the arms, you can go a long ways. And I think that's what the Mets are kind of looking at. And honestly, the Yankees aren't that far behind. When you got Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch. And especially if you guys go out and get a guy like Montas, that wouldn't be bad. But before we wrap up in the last five minutes or so we got here, let's talk about Aaron Judge for a second. Hitting his 42nd home run this year or this year today, um, he should be back up over 300 after this game is settled. Um, 89 RBIs, first in OPS. 
the dude is a monster and I think he is clearly the MVP of this season, but I just want to hear your guys' thoughts of, about this guy because he is unbelievable. Well, what, what more is there to say about this guy? It's unbelievable what he's doing. Like he could not play a single game the rest of the year. And like, you, like if you just take his numbers now and those are still good enough to be in the MVP conversation. And he's got 60 more games to play. He's at 42. He has 42 home runs in 90 RBIs, and we're still in July. That's unbelievable. And he's been absolutely on a tear since coming out of the break. I think he's definitely solidified himself as the MVP favorite. I think there were, there was a, a point where you could make the case for Otani, but and as valuable as Otani is, I think Judge has just been too good. And, man, he's been carrying this team, and the Yankees really need to keep him in the offseason. He is that good and that much worth hanging on to. Yes, he he's he's worth a huge paycheck. Um, I saw a cool tweet actually before. Um, it was before the month of August in MLB history, only Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire have hit more home runs, you know, at this time period, you know, going into August. Uh, they mm-hmm. hit 45, Judge has 42. Um, and he's on pace, you know, by ESPN analysts to hit 76 home runs this year. So it's a it's it's crazy. Uh, also, the second fastest to 200 career home runs in MLB history. He's just absolutely killing the game. Need to pay him big money. Um, you know, I hope Cashman can get it done. But it's it's just crazy to see. So extremely lucky for him. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Yankees fans love him. And, you know, he's from small town in California, about 45 minutes it. away from me. Don't say um, it. So I can't wait to see him in a San Francisco Giants jersey next year. But uh, – you know, he's been great for the Yankees, and I love watching him play baseball. But I think if you guys got nothing else to add, that is just about going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, this is the Nosebleeds Podcast. I am Danny Scott. Thank you to Ari Malik and Brian Raybacks. This was a production of WFUV Sports.